welcome to Lessons for Living Television. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for joining us. Imagine this, you're in a crowded subway car on a Tuesday morning, or perhaps on a city bus. Still sleepy commuters lulled by vibrations remain hushed, yet silently broadcast their thoughts. A toddler is in his stroller, looks cautiously at the fellow passengers, brows stitched with concern. He turns to mom for reassurance, reaching out a small hand. She quietly takes it, squeezes and releases. He relaxes, smiles, turns away, then back to his mom. She takes his hand again, squeezes and releases. A 20-something in a skirt and a blazer sits stiffly, a leather-bound portfolio on her lap. She repeatedly pushes a few blonde wisps off her face, then touches her neck, her subconscious movements both revealing and relieving her anxiety about her 9 a.m. interview. A middle-aged woman squished into a corner assuredly bumps the young man beside her with some elbow and hip. The message is clear. He instantly adjusts to make room. Probing our ability to communicate non-verbally is hardly a new psychological tack. Researchers have long documented the complex emotions and desires that our posture, our motions, and our expressions reveal. Yet until recently, the idea that people can impart and interpret emotional content via another nonverbal modality, touch, seemed, well, iffy even to researchers, such as psychologist Matthew Hertenstein. That's what he said in a Psychology Today article. In 2009, he demonstrated that we have an innate ability to decode emotions via touch alone. In a series of studies, Hertenstein had volunteers attempt to communicate a list of emotions to a blindfolded stranger solely through touch. Well, the results suggested that for all our caution about touching, we come equipped with an ability to send and receive emotional signals solely by touch. Participants communicated eight distinct emotions, anger, fear, disgust, love, gratitude, sympathy, happiness, and sadness with accuracy rates as high as 78%. I was surprised, Hertenstein admits. I thought, he said, the accuracy would be about 25%. You see, scientists used to believe that touching was simply a means of enhancing messages signaled through speech or body language, but it seems instead that touch is a much more nuanced, sophisticated, and precise way to communicate emotions, Hertenstein says it may also increase the speed of communication. If you're close enough to touch, it's often the easiest way to signal something, says Laura Guerrero, co-author of Close Encounters, Communication in Relationships. 
she researches nonverbal and emotional communication at Arizona State University. This immediacy is particularly noteworthy when it comes to bonding. We feel more connected to someone if they touch us, Guerrero notes. There's no phrase book to translate the language of touch. If anything, experts have hardly begun documenting its grammar and vocabulary. We found that there are many different ways to indicate a given emotion through touch, Hertenstein notes. What's more, how a touch gets interpreted is very context dependent. Whether we're at the doctor's office or in a nightclub plays a huge role in how the brain responds to the same type of contact. If there's a more appropriate time to communicate via touch, it's probably when someone needs consoling. Research shows that touch is the best way to comfort, says Guerrero. If you ask people how they comfort someone in a given situation, they tend to list pats, hugs, and uh, different kinds of touch behaviors more than anything else. Maybe that's because there are times during intense grief or, or fear when the only language of touch can fully express what we feel. Mark's chapter 5 is brimming with impossible cases. In fact, the fifth chapter of Mark has been called the Bible home for the incurables. There are three cases given in this chapter which, from a human perspective, are absolutely hopeless and impossible. There was this demon-possessed man, there was this diseased woman, and there was the dead girl. All three of these cases were considered impossible in the Lord's day. They are still considered impossible in our own day as well. But as you move through the events in the fifth chapter of Mark, you begin to discover that Jesus is more than adequate for every situation. There are no incurables when Jesus is around. In every circumstance mentioned, we see that Jesus was more than enough to the man who was demonized. Well, Jesus became the great psychiatrist. To the woman who was diseased, Jesus was the great physician. And to the girl that was dead, Jesus became the great pediatrician. Today, I want to consider the account of the healing of the diseased woman. Because this portion of scripture is kind of like a parenthesis in the action. You see, Jesus is on his way to heal the daughter of Jairus, and he's interrupted as he goes by this woman. And she comes and she touches the hem of his garment. We can read about it in Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 22. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and on seeing him fell at his feet and implored him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her 
so that she will get well and live. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman fearing and trembling of where of what had happened to her came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. As Jesus was journeying this day, he was thronged by a crowd. Well, the people were pressing all around him. But in the crowd, there was this weak, timid, dying woman who reached out and touched Jesus. And when she did, her life was completely transformed. We are told that this woman suffered from an issue of blood. Well, that literally means that she was hemorrhaging from some part of her body. The word issue means a flowing of blood. Whatever may have caused this internal hemorrhage, she was a very, very sick woman. From the constant blood loss, this poor woman would have been weak and anemic. She would have been pale. She would have had no energy at all. The least of her efforts would have worn her out. She would have been a weak, pathetic creature. We are also told that she had tried all the remedies of all the physicians of her day. We are told that she suffered under their care. She had suffered, yes, suffered socially. You see, she could not be married because through physical contact, she would defile her husband. If she had ever been married, her husband would have been forced to divorce her. She could not work around others because of the danger of defilement. So this reduced her to a life of begging for scraps of food from a distance. Her condition left her on the fringes of society. She also suffered emotionally. Since the Bible says that she had been this way for 12 years, and considering the average lifespan in those days, I think it's safe to assume that she was probably been this way since right around puberty. She had lived her life moving from one rejection to another. She is lonely, isolated, and desperate. She had also suffered religiously. You see, under the law, this woman was to be considered unclean. 
Anything or anyone that she touched was also considered unclean. And as a result, I mean, she couldn't mingle with people in public lest she cause them to be defiled. She had also suffered financially. The Bible tells us that she had, had spent all that she had. The useless remedies had not helped her. All those remedies had done was drain her bank account dry. She has been left penniless and destitute. And after all these years, all the doctors, all the time she had hoped that this remedy or that remedy would be the one that would work for her, she has come to the place where she knows she is living under a death sentence. She's not going to get any better. She will die from this disease. What she has is going to kill her. Her life is literally draining out of her body little by little, day by day. I wonder how many people watching today can identify with this poor woman. I mean, maybe you don't have her illness, but like her, your life is filled with sorrow and suffering right now. You see, to me, this woman pictures two types of people today. I mean, she paints a clear picture of every person who does not know Jesus as Christ and Savior. You see, because we all have a blood disease. We inherited this disease from Adam. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. You see, this is a condition made no better despite all of our efforts. Many people I meet, they spend their youth and even their entire lives searching for meaning and for help for their condition. But in, instead of getting better, they only get worse. They only get harder in their hearts. They only get more deeply rooted in their sins. All of the efforts at self-improvement and religion will not help our condition. And secondly, she is a picture of that believer who was laboring today under a heavy burden. You see, many of God's children today are discouraged and defeated. Now, maybe that's you. You've tried everything in your power to get better. You've tried everything you know to handle your problems. You've read all the books. You've listened to all the preachers. You've gotten advice from all the best sources in the world, but you're no better today. Your life is a mess. In fact, is that messed up as it's ever been? Well, if that's you today, keep on listening. Because as we watch this poor woman get the help she so desperately needs, you're going to find out about the help that every single one of us needs as well. Well, somewhere from some source, this poor woman hears about Jesus. No doubt she had heard that there was power in his touch, but she doesn't want him to touch her. She wanted to touch him. Perhaps she had heard of Jesus from another that had touched his garment and been healed. Uh, Luke 
uh, chapter 6, verse 19 says, And all the people were trying to touch him, for power was coming from him and healing them all. Regardless of where she heard about him, she knew she had to get to him. As she elbowed her way through the people, well, she was causing ceremonial defilement for everyone she touched. She was taking a huge risk. You see, if anybody had recognized her, she would have been subjected to public humiliation and ridicule and possible retribution. A crowd like that might have gotten worked up and stoned her to death right then and there. She had to be determined. Because the very nature of her disease, it would have taken all the energy she had to drag herself out of bed to struggle through that crowd to get to Jesus. But she was desperate. You see, the sooner we realize that Jesus is the only person who can help us, the sooner we can get the help that we so desperately need. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When she was near enough to him, she reached out with a trembling hand and touched his garment. The word touched here means to cling to or to adhere to. In other words, she held on to Jesus until she got what she came for. Then it says immediately, in that instant, she received what none of the doctors or none of their costly and painful remedies could give her. She was healed. Instantly, she felt this change in her body. She knew from that moment on, she was a different woman. Jesus knows what has happened. And in verse 30, he asks the question, who touched my garments? Well, of course, there were dozens of people touching him and and bumping into him that day. A fact pointed out by the disciples in verse 31. It says, the disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, who touched me? But her touch was different. It was a touch accompanied by faith. Now, it's true that many touched Jesus that day, but only one touched him with the fingers of faith. When Jesus spoke to this woman, you'll notice that it says that she fell before him in fear. Here is the very reason why she came silently from behind him to touch him instead of coming to him openly. She was afraid. She was afraid of, of being rejected. But she didn't have to have that fear. Jesus was not interested in humiliating her. He's not interested in driving her away from his presence. He was not interested in preaching to her a sermon on uncleanliness from the law. He was merely interested in helping her with her problem. But Jesus got the response from her he had wanted and anticipated. 
says she came before him, bowed at his feet, and confessed everything to him. This was a public acknowledgement of what had happened in her heart. You see, she was different now. She wasn't ashamed to let others know about it. Her words confirmed what she already knew had happened. Now notice that Jesus calls her daughter. This signifies the fact that Jesus and her, they were in a different relationship now. You see, this woman, she got more than physical healing that day. All her adult life, she had been an outcast, a nobody, dwelling in isolation and loneliness. But now, now she hears that she has been taken in by God Almighty. Jesus says to her, go in peace. His words let her know that she's done nothing wrong. It was okay that she came to him and touched him. Well, any other man in that crowd would have been an offended and angered had this diseased woman intentionally touched him, but not Jesus. Jesus wasn't afraid of being ceremoniously defiled. It could not touch him. All he knew was that here was a woman who was in trouble and she had exercised a grain of faith the size of a mustard seed. And his only care was for her healing. You see, just like this woman, all those who come to Jesus will get far more than what they ever bargained for. So maybe you're watching me today and you're saved or you're a Christian, but your life is anything but whole. Why don't you come to Jesus? Get the help you need. If you will come to him by faith, he will help you face all of the trials uh, you are facing. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all our anxiety on him because he cares for you. Do you need to touch Jesus today? Have you come to understand that whether you're lost in sin or whether you're battling difficulty, Jesus is the only answer. If you have reached the place where all the other remedies have failed you, all other means have been exhausted, you know you need help right now, then come to him. You know, in that crowd that day, there were dozens of people with physical, spiritual, and emotional needs. But only one lady got any help. Dozens of people touched Jesus, but only one was transformed. Why? Because only one saw him as her only source. She believed he could help her, and she did whatever she had to do to touch him. And when she touched him, she was made whole. Listen, don't be one of those people who brush up against Jesus and leave unchanged. If you need help today, look to him. 
He has the power to change your situation. If you need help, get up. Go to Jesus and touch him by faith. Let us pray. Our gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and the mercy that you show towards us. Father, I want to pray for those right now, those right now that are suffering. May you impress upon their hearts and their minds that the only answer to the problems in their life is Jesus. And as this woman, may they get up and go to him and touch him in faith and receive the healing they so desperately need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today we're going to do something a little different. We have a trio of gifts for you that are joining us. Um, I have this uh, little book here called Steps to Christ, which I want to send you. And then two special editions of the Signs of the Times magazine. One is called The Benefits of Belief, and the other is When Life is Unfair. These are wonderful resources to help you better connect with Jesus Christ, the one who can be the answer to all of your challenges. If you'd like to receive these gifts, here's the information you need to order them. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another program. Thank you so much for joining us. Just before we go, I want to remind you, like I do every week, of a couple of things. The website, l4ltv.com. On the website, you can find a Bible study group. And uh, if you're unable to find a group, then we're happy to work with you and study with you. You can do a correspondence course with us. You can do a course online. I can email you lessons. Listen, there's all kinds of different options if you want to you know, further your understanding of God's Word and the Bible. And that's the rule of faith for the Christian. On the website, you can also watch any of the previous programs and you can share them with your friends. You can find out where I will be appearing live. Now, most Saturdays, I am at my home church, the Harmony Adventist Church, 89 Center Avenue. Uh, that's in the Bayview and Steeles area for those of you that are familiar with the Toronto area. And we're there most Saturdays. I speak at 11.30 in the morning. But the website will give you exactly where I will be. 
Um, also want to remind you of our Facebook page. Visit our Facebook page. Like us on Facebook. I put the programs on Facebook shortly after they air here. We also have a YouTube channel where all of the programs uh, are also there. And you can follow me on Twitter at Santos underscore Bill. Well, that's it for this week. We hope to be back again next week. I'll be praying for you. And I hope that we'll get the chance to do this again real soon. God bless you. See you, see you again.